You're listening to Cobs and Spikes, a new podcast from the International Maize and Wheat Improvement Center, Synod. I'm your host, Rachel Kramer. This is a space where we're going to break down complex science into bite-sized, audio-rich explainers. We're going to have real conversations with experts from around the world who are innovating in the fields of agriculture, food security, and nutrition. We're also going to listen to stories that link Simmit's research with real-world applications. In this episode, we're going to look at blue maize in Mexico and how new markets could boost farmer incomes. On a typical Sunday afternoon in La Purificación, a small town about an hour and a half northeast of Mexico City, cars fill up the grass parking lot outside the local barbecue place. Families buy slow-cooked lamb by the kilo and wait in line for fresh tortillas. But these aren't just any tortillas. They're made with blue maize, and it takes a team to keep up with all of the orders. One worker pushes blue-gray dough into a machine. It flattens and cuts it into discs. Another flips the tortillas as they puff up on the flat-top grill. A third wraps them up in paper and hands them over to the hungry customers. They sell around 400 dozen blue maize tortillas on a given Sunday. Next to them, Tomasa Montalgo uses blue maize to make tlocoyos, an oval-shaped pre-Hispanic dish that's usually stuffed with beans or cheese or other ingredients. We work with blue maize because people say blue tortillas have more flavor, more flavor than the white ones. To be honest, to me it doesn't matter, but many people look more for the blue ones. And in this business, we have always worked with blue maize. Always, always we have worked with blue maize. Blue maize is a ubiquitous aspect of Mexico's food culture, especially in the central highlands. And most of it is grown by small-scale farmers for local consumers who value it for its rich flavor and texture. But it's also catching the attention of some food processing companies who are interested in its health benefits. Blue maize contains compounds called anthocyanins, the same kind of cancer-preventing, heart-healthy antioxidant found in blueberries. There are many nutrition studies about other plants containing anthocyanins, but more research is needed about the presence of this compound in blue maize and how it could be used in food products. Evidence in animals have shown their potential benefits mitigating hyperglycemia and decreasing blood pressure and cholesterol. Processed foods made with blue maize could appeal to health-conscious consumers, especially in North America and Europe. And with increasing pressure on manufacturers to replace chemical additives in their products, blue maize could provide an alternative natural food dye. We should really say pigmented mazes, and I, I tend to be lazy and just say blue, but really the color range is anywhere from sort of a sky blue to black and everything in between, purples and dark blues. That's Terry Molnar. He's a maize breeder in the Genetic Resource Program at the International Maize and Wheat Improvement Center, better known by its Spanish acronym, CIMIT. Molnar says the growing interest in blue maize from food processing companies could provide a new, more lucrative market for Mexican farmers. But there's a challenge. There hasn't been a lot of breeding effort to improve varieties of the colored mazes. 
So at the land races you can find are generally in terms of modern agriculture would be more difficult to grow, but there's no reason why we can't develop more modern type hybrids to grow in a modern way that have color. Land races or native varieties are locally adapted to specific environments. Because they have more genetic diversity than hybrids, they vary more in plant height, yields, and other traits. And for any kind of medium or large-scale food processing, that variability is problematic. So with funding from the Kellogg Company and Sigarpa, Molnar and a team of Simit researchers have been working to develop blue maize hybrids for uniformity, higher yields, and disease resistance. This is part of the Masagro project, which promotes the sustainable intensification of maize and wheat production in Mexico. In 2014, two Simit researchers, maize nutritional quality specialist Natalia Palacios and maize landrace improvement coordinator Martha Wilcox, began identifying blue maize varieties in the Simit gene bank that had high anthocyanin levels. Then Molnar and his team planted these varieties in research plots and cross-pollinated them with white maize varieties to produce offspring. White is like the absence of color, so to add a color to a white maize is actually fairly straightforward. I won't say easy, but it's fairly straightforward. After that, they crossbred the offspring with each other to create inbred lines, and now they're in the process of crossing the inbred blue lines with other maize varieties with traits like disease resistance and high yields. Molnar says the whole process of developing a new hybrid takes about 10 years. While medium to large-scale farmers in Mexico may benefit from blue maize hybrids, Martha Wilcox says smallholder farmers often do not have enough money to buy hybrid seeds. And even if they could afford them, hybrids that thrive in the flat lowlands don't always do so well in mountainous regions with poor soil. I've always tried to work under the, the idea of including everybody and making a space for everybody. And so that's my feeling is that these pigmented hybrids would go to mid-sized farmers who have connections or large farmers that have connections in industrial markets. As for the small-scale, often indigenous farmers growing blue maize and other native varieties, well, Wilcox says a growing interest in authentic Mexican food offers a different, perhaps more immediate route. You can't get the same flavors out of the white corn. The other thing is a lot of dishes in Mexico are linked to particular land races. So really to make this dish, you need this land race. There's been this appreciation that a few chefs really have moved forward. And so, you know, I give huge credit to them. Wilcox has helped connect buyers for world-renowned chefs such as Enrique Alvera and Rick Bayless with small-scale farmers who want to sell their excess native maize. And she and a group of interdisciplinary experts from across Mexico are trying to develop a certification process and trademark of authenticity for these land races to make sure farmers are getting a fair price. What I have seen with this culinary market is they want to know which farmer it is, where they live, that that maize comes from the area where that particular land race evolved over time. She says the authentication of the particular land race, along with the geographic area and production system under which it is grown, creates this kind of terroir effect that gives the maize an identity and adds value. And to me, that's exciting because beating your head against the wall as to how to improve thousands of 
land race variants across Mexico is difficult. But if people really want them in the purest form that they are and they're willing to pay for that, that in itself conserves those land races. Over the last century, the genetic diversity of maize has declined rapidly on a global scale. More than 60% of farmers in Mexico still grow local land races. But these farmers are getting older, and many of their kids and grandkids have moved to cities or the U.S. for better economic opportunities. Without a new generation of farmers, many of these native maize varieties, as well as the knowledge and traditions tied to them, could disappear. The thing about maize in Mexico is you can't understand Mexican culture without understanding Mexican maize. I mean, it's so bedrock to the culture that studying maize, you learn volumes and volumes about the culture, and studying the culture, you learn about maize. She says for a lot of farmers, especially those in the state of Oaxaca, it's tied to daily life, history, and tradition. Wilcox adds that the really expert farmers know how to grow several pigmented maize varieties and keep them from crossbreeding so that the colors stay pure. They'll either grow them in different locations or carefully plan when they plant the varieties so that they mature at different times. While most medium to large-scale farmers want varieties that are high-yielding, Wilcox says many of the farmers she works with have their own unique criteria. So some farmers, you know, just look for length of years. Some look for whether there's any kind of absence of fungus, for example. Oftentimes, they're looking at color. So even within a single village, every farmer's maize is a little bit different because it's had a different selection history, which is part of what has created the diversity we have in Mexico. By opening up new culinary markets to these farmers, Wilcox hopes it will be enough of an economic incentive for the next generation of farmers to continue growing native maize varieties. If that can bring some of these, you know, sons and daughters back to farm, to me, that's the win in conservation, both genetically and culturally. And without those farmers, that falls apart. This story was produced by me, Rachel Kramer. Subscribe to Cobbs and Spikes on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.